everybody. It's Carly and I have my amazing friend Brie here with me. She again is a great friend and she's also a personal consultant that helps with emotional regulation as well as an Instagram and digital strategist. And she just has an incredible testimony of healing and transformation. And we're going to be talking specifically about identity in Christ and basically the dangers in veering off of our identity in Christ and kind of trying to find that in different ways. So welcome, Bree. Thank you so much for being here. And it's just such an honor to interview you and talk to you today. Hey, girl. Oh, man, I'm so excited to talk to you, Carly. Yes, <laughs> so good. I have a good time with you. <laughs> Bree and I go way back. We uh, grew up in the same church, and then we recently just reconnected in the past couple years, and she has helped me with my Instagram content and growing my business and is also just a really great friend, so... Um, thanks, girl. Yeah, so I'll kind of just give the mic over to you and however you want to share your story or share what's on your heart. Yeah, thanks for giving me the space to to tell, you know, one of the many tales of my life. You know, it's been, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm 32 now, um, not old, but not young, but it's I've had a, a journey um, to the place that I'm at now. So it kind of starts back in Oregon and Westland where we grew up, uh, grew up in the church, started off in a Pentecostal church, then went to non-denominational church. And the area that I grew up in was all white. I'm African-American. They say I refer to myself as black American. Right. Um, and I had a great experience. I, I had a blast. I was involved in all types of things, sports and different endeavors in church. And it was, I, I was bubbly. My nickname growing up was Bree. Carly actually knows me as breezy. But around nine years old, my parents, you know, started to to think about cultural experiences, right? Because we are Black American and they wanted us to have a diverse experience. And so we started spending a lot of time um, with the local kids like downtown and like we'd always go downtown to get our hair done and everything because they didn't have beauty products for us. And some of the trends during that time were different styles of hair, you know, cutting your hair really short, having big loop earrings. And, you know, my elders thought that this would be a really great idea to switch up styles or so. So uh, my hair has always been really thick. If you know me, it's really, really big. And long story short, it was really hard to maintain. So I got a relaxer, which strains your hair and it fell out um, and patches. Now, instead of getting what we call like a weave or braids, um, one of my elders decided to shave all my hair off. Now, that sounds really dramatic, and it was. I went to a male barbershop, so it was, I, I still, when I pass in Northeast, it, I still have really, like, hard memories there. Because I remember my hair being shaved off, then somebody saying, and now you're a boy. And now you'll be like a second son to me. And I remember internally just kind of fighting and screaming, like, no. In my culture, we don't speak back to our elders. You kind of just take it. But... I was then, from then on, my my clothes and my apparel kind of changed. Um, I was dressing in more boy clothes. It was very weird. I didn't like it. I tried to fight it. But there had always been that kind of mocking and that kind of that belief put on me that you are a boy, right? You, you are a second son. And it became very confusing for me. Um, and so obviously it didn't look like the girls in middle school. 
Um, so a lot of the boys started to gravitate my way in friendship, and I was introduced to porn at 13. And when most people think of kids watching porn, they think of it as a sexual thing. But for me, it was an identity thing of these girls seem very feminine. They seem like they're having a good time and what they're doing, and this is what it means to be a woman. Now, my hair eventually grew, and I developed, right, go to, you know, go through puberty, right? You have to remember a nine-year-old little girl, right? There's no breasts, there's no curves, right? So I did look like a boy and the world treated me as a boy. But then when I became a woman, the world started to see me as a woman. But now I had these, these idols and these images of what womanhood looked like, which later on caused a lot of dysfunction and dating, right? The church, um, has a very interesting um, way of teaching us sometimes about dating. Let's just keep it real. There's really no strategy. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I'm a strategist. <laughs> There's really not a lot of strategy, right? It's like, oh, like I was told a man that finds a wife finds a good thing, right? And so I don't, like if I go after a guy or let him know that I like him, that I'm now the leader, right? All those things. So yeah. the men that were approaching me were men of the world. So imagine 18-year-old Brie who's had an identity issue with what does it mean to be feminine now is this feminine bombshell, whatever they want to call it, and now I'm getting approached by men that are twice my age, and Saudi Arabian men, Muslim men, Mormon men, but not Christian men, and I'm not going to church looking for anybody or even open to it because we don't do that, right? It was, it was a girl. I was all over the world. Like it was, it was nuts. And this all started with a trend, right? Doing what's trendy. There's just, there's just lots of, of details around what a woman is in the Lord's eyes, like Proverbs 31, right? Um, there's a passage that I love in Luke and it said, you know, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord, right? Luke 145, right? There's lots of images of what womanhood looks like in the Bible. But at that point in time, my identity was all messed up. So it led me down a road of destruction. Right, totally. And I just love your input on, you know, gender identity and your input on the, the trendiness and how important it is to not be conformed to the pattern of this world, right? But to be transformed right. by the renewal of our mind. And, you know, you you love Jesus, you're a believer. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he he's your everything. And so I feel like you have just such a beautiful, unique voice into, you know, the things that are happening right now, the things that we're being faced with. Right, yeah, I mean, you know, before the consulting, I have to even go back. I got into Instagram because I was a high profile international and sometimes celebrity nanny. And so I was able to be in these arenas where I'm with these marketers and they're the ones that are kind of crafting the narrative of life today, right? Like when you think of Instagram, when you think of commercials, what is cool, what is trendy? I was with some of the big, you know, hodgepodge people that were working with New York Times and the Food Network, right? So I really got to see what a story can do. Uh, for a product, but also for your own personal business, right? But with that, um, to get to that point, I worked with a lot of families. At the end of my nanny career, I worked with 4,892 families I as a temp. Yeah. And so I saw after, you know, this has happened to me, right? I'm now in the middle of like the biggest like LGBTQIA, you know, um, era, 
right? Like the future is female, but also like the future is very gay, right? Like when you see images today, there are images of inclusivity and a very interesting um, relationship with that word. Anyway, I saw in these households, parents telling me, I want to confuse their gender. I want to make sure that my kid has an option to be non-binary. Now, again, your family as a nanny, you get to choose how you want to steer, right, your child. But today, what I'm finding is that there's a lot of schools that are a little bit biased, right? And I get it. They want the child to, quote unquote, have the best experience going forward of their choice, right? But when it comes to a little boy coming to school with their nails and there being maybe a suggestion, right? Or an influence towards one way of living. I, I personally take issue with that because these little minds are so moldable, right? If you are trans, you are trans and you have a right to live on this earth. This is just my opinion, right? In freedom, you shouldn't be walking down the street and being attacked. That's not what I stand for. But also we have to make sure that people that are trans are trans and it's not being pushed on the youth because the parents want to be in. That's what I was seeing is not kids coming forward and saying I'm trans. It was the parents saying, well, this is again, that key word trendy. And that's a very dangerous world word because, you know, you can follow a leader, but where is he leading you to? Wow. And being a Christian, is he, are we leading people to Christ? Are we leading them to the hands of the enemy, right? Because when you are confused, when you don't know who you are and whose you are, then you're susceptible to anything. And these are children, right? And so that's what I start to see in the nanny industry, along with lots of divorce, right? And just a lot of labeling. You are non-binary. I want my kid to be pansexual. Your kid is going to decide no matter what, in the church or out of the church, but where are you guiding them as parents? Yeah. Because that's where I was, that's where the ball was dropped in my life is, oh, culture is saying this. And, you know, our religion is saying that, our spirituality is saying that, but this is what's in. We don't want to miss out. And then you have a crisis. Yes. Wow. Yes. And so I'm, I'm very passionate about the youth, right? Like I am someone that is an ally. I say that that proudly I'm not affirming but I am an ally as in if someone is being attacked I will stand in and when it comes to my faith I feel like my faith supports that I will speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves I'm very passionate about that I am in grief with the trans community right now because there was a precious soul that was attacked on Monday so this is not a message of hate this is a message of love but true love speaks out. And when, and this is what um, I forget where the statistics is, but if 86% of a community is committing suicide, we have to have an open conversation, right? I'm a businesswoman. If I had an 86% chance of my business failing, that's not a business I want to enter into. We have to have a real conversation about what's happening with our identity. So in my business, I, I help small businesses be seen, tell their story right on their terms, right? You know why this business was birthed, right? But with that, it's vulnerability. And I, I was talking with Carly earlier about I will be working with these huge lawyers, right? These men that are six, five, and they should be on top of the world. They make a lot of money. They have a hot wife. But in the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? Because they don't know who they are. So they're sitting in front of me crying, being like, I have to go on Instagram and do a live video. 
I can't wear, you know, filters. And yeah. uh, what if I mess up? I'm like, wow, you're someone that should be in the NFL, bro. Like you should yeah. be chilling. <laughs> you should be chilling. Right. But you're not because you don't know who you are and who you are. I- identity is everything. And identity definitely blazes the trail of where you're going to go. Yeah. I, wow. Thank you so much for sharing Brie. And I just love how you shared, you know, your, I hear your heart and really wanting people to know their identity in Christ. It's all about identity and it's about, it's about Jesus and bringing people back to Jesus and everybody deserves to have that conversation and that chance because that's really what it's, it's about. Right. And so I love what you shared too about even the kids. Like it reminds me of that verse that Jesus warns us about causing kids to stumble. Like yes. That that was was one of the verses that it has so much weight on it, right? Because it's... literally, literally weight, right? Like isn't there <laughs> yeah. an anchor involved in that girl, right? Like it's better for you to be at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> right with an yes. yeah like this is so <laughs> serious and it breaks my heart to yes. see even you know I follow this one account on on Instagram and she set up a TikTok account as a 13 year old right she's in her 30s but as a 13 year old girl and then she posted these pictures and these videos that came up as you know, targeting these 13 year old girls. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of horrifying. It's so much like sexual exploitation and, you know, these uh, like even self-harm or these dangers that cause self-harm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like as believers, where are we in this conversation? You know, I think that we can tend to shy away or run away from these things because they look scary and they look like whoa like we've separated ourselves so much from the world that now it in my opinion (laughs) and you know maybe this is a heavy thing to say but in my opinion Mm -hmm. these things are happening because we have removed ourselves from culture like yes absolutely I totally agree yeah, because we've been too scared to engage with the gay community or engage with mental health community, you know, the emotional health community. It's like, where are we and what are we going to do about this? Because the world needs Jesus. And this is about lives, you know, yes. lives in the and future so. generation. Yes. Lives that are being taken, you know, it's it's one thing, like my my one friend, I went to a missionary school, right? My my best guy friend's name was Tyrone. And one thing he said is he wrote his, I think, his senior um, symposium on this. And it was around culture, around how, you know, Paul knew the 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 trends and the 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 philosophers of his time, right? Jesus knew that as well. He knew it was socially acceptable. Look at the woman of the well, right? She said, We don't have any dealings with each other. You're not supposed to rock with me at all. And he's like, yeah, I know who you are. I actually know a lot of your past too, girl. It's not too clean, girl. We, we, we've been around town, girl, right? But he embraced her, knew was up, knew what was socially not acceptable. And she was healed, right? We have to see the sin, call it out, then rebuke it. And then we will, you know, we're washing the blood, obviously, and we move on with our lives. We have to know what's going on. And I've seen a lot of Christians that have even shied away. I've been teased. You know what the LGBTQIA stands for? Yes, I do. You know why? Because those people are people. 
they need to know Jesus. So I know who you are. I can know about the community. And then you can feel safe with me. We're going to have a real conversation, right? So my really quickly, sorry, I'm like talking a lot. Carly, you no, already know girl, me. This is, <laughs> this is so good. This is why I had you on. This is such good, such good stuff. Yeah, so catch this, right? So I'm in New York, right, Nyack, and it's a missionary school. So my friend comes to me and is like, you know, I really have been struggling with my faith. I think I'm trans. I'm like, okay, let's explore that. And he was like, really? You're you're down with that? I'm like, yes, it doesn't affect me directly because I love you. I want to hear your story, right? Now, I'm not saying I'm with it, but I want to hear. Let's navigate. I'm a strategist, right? Solutionist. What's the plan? He's like, well, I'm going to start doing hormones and that's going to change my body. And I'm going to go to voice therapy. I'm going to get my my beard shaved off. And I'm like, you already know where I stand on this. You know, newsflash, being trans is not an easier life. There's more things that you face. There's a lot of things that you face that people treat you like horribly, right? Let's be honest. It's very expensive to get the, the procedures to be seen as quote unquote a woman, right? And people are vicious. So we talked about that. And I'm like, you you realize that like, this is going to be hard and expensive and your family it, are Christians, right? And there is a huge history in the black community of us not being okay with that and how the youth is on the streets and, and that exactly, that's what it happened. So he started his hormones. He told his family they didn't accept him. He moved to LA to be a star and end up being a prostitute. Mm -hmm. And during this time, he's telling me this, right? And then he says, I'm very sick. Turns out he has HIV now, mm -hmm. right? So I'm holding his hand to this process. Now I see him and I'm like, whoa, the, the name has changed, right? There's the dead name, now the new name. Then he tells me he's non-binary. So now it's back and forth. There's more confusion inside of himself and in the world. And then he looks at his body and is like, I don't want these breasts anymore. And I'm like, well, what do we do now with, with, with them? I don't know. You tell me. And so now he's in a transition of transitioning back. It's not easy. Lots of money, lots of relationships destroyed. No one's blaming anybody, right? The family could have handled it a different way, but it was the reality. It's not an easier life. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, that comes to me, it goes back to identity. Do you know who you were? There's a, I think there's a huge percentage of people that identity, identify, excuse me, as trans that have been molested as children, right? That can be very confusing, right? That's a statistic that is not really shared often. Yeah, identity. Wow. I want to dive in more into that verse because this keeps coming to mind. Like, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, right? But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I think as, you know, even now, as I'm saying this, like I'm feeling this, this internal struggle because it's like, I know what scripture says. I know what Jesus says. And it comes down to love, right? Yes. What is love? What is actually loving someone who is trans or in, in the gay community? Like what, what does that look like? What does that not look like? And I think yeah. sometimes as a believer, I can even struggle with that. And I think that that's why as believers, we've run away from these people who need Jesus, like just as much as I do, right? You know, sure, for and, sure. 
And, um, and so, but then there's the whole tolerance versus love and like, mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of tolerance and all so much deception, um, oh, yeah, like so much deception. And so, so yeah, I think it's, it's hard sometimes when it comes to, you know, tolerance, exception, accepting, like, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm an ally, but I'm not affirming, right? Because I don't feel like this is always the best. You know, I, I don't think that it's, you know, the the easiest transition or even the best, the best way to live your life, right? Like, and we can go into a little later, but when people come to me, I think they know that I'm just a listening ear, right? Like, yeah. again, I think where people get upset is when something is pushed on them, on their children or their family or society, right? But if you have a personal decision, you decide, okay, I am gay or I'm going to be trans, that's actually your business, right? It becomes my business when it's interfering with my life or my, like I said, my family's or my society's right of, of where we're trying to go in our faith, right? So with my friend, when he came to me, he didn't have a plan, right? And that was part of the reason why I wasn't affirming. I was like, listen, this I, I don't see this going well. I mean, I don't think that you have a plan. You have no money saved for any of these procedures. I mean, I was acting as a friend in that point of time, like, dude, besides the subject, there's no plan. And when we don't have a plan, we fail. And, and mm-hmm. he knows the word, right? At this point in time, we're in missionary school together, right? He knows the word. He knows that this is not the life that the Lord desires for him. But we, but in his sinful nature decides, okay, I'm going to push and do what I want to do. And then in the end decided this was not the best way for him and that he actually is not trans. Yeah. And there's lots of tales. I mean, the and this is just, again, my personal experience, people attacked on this, but I'm living out loud. This is what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Out of seven of my friends that have transitioned, five of them are transitioning back. So you tell me if this was the best decision because they'll tell you it's not. Mm-hmm. But again, that's for their life. You could interview a thousand people that would you know, swear on everything that this is the best. But statistically, we have to look at that 86% again. Is it the best decision? And this is just being objectively speaking, not even from a religious point of view, right? right. So I, I could personally give you a bunch of scriptures that talk about this. Yeah. But that's what we're talking about, you know? Yeah. yeah so I just, I, that's also too why I'm really big on not censoring. I had a really hard time during the pandemic when there was so much push this way and push that way. You know, let people speak because if you sit back and hear people, they'll tell on themselves. Wow. They really will. Try it in dating too. It's amazing. Just don't talk, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's a whole other subject, right? But again, going back to who somebody's true identity is, who is this person? Because we're putting on a good face. Was that truly who they are? Sit back, sit back and see, right? They talk about that in the Bible, right? The fruits, right? That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus does. And it's, there's a way that we can do that without agreeing with someone, right? Because it's like, we want, we want to see people's hearts, Right. Like we want to hear, we want to hear their hearts. We want to hear their struggle because behind every issue is some sort, it's a, it's a heart condition. And if we can see someone in that, then we can speak into that right through love. Like 
we always have to be motivated by love. And I think this is, you know, one of the main reasons why, you know, we haven't done a good job with this community is because we haven't been motivated by love. Like we haven't actually, I'm processing out loud right now. In anything I do or say, if I'm not motivated by love, then I'm not being motivated by Jesus. I'm being motivated by my own opinions, by my own judgments, by my own pride. And, and so, you know, but so I, there's that truth, right? But then what the world says, the world's concept of love is very, it's different Different. than the Christ-like love because- And peace and the definition of peace, right? And Christ even speaks to that, right? Like, come on, we can have a whole Pentecostal shout down right now, Carly. Let's feel it. Because, you know, uh, peace I give you, right? And it's not peace that the world gives you, right? Because we know that's not really peace. Yes. Yeah. And there's a breakdown. People have told me that I came to you to tell you my trans experience because I'm, you're not going to try to convert me. And I'm like, that's not the business I'm in. Christ, the Holy Spirit, right? Transform you. I'm a mere person, right? I can tell you about Christ who I know, but that's not my job to, you know, sit you down and convert you. That's not relationship. That's religion. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to put myself in that position. I mean, I've had conversations with people about this, you know, and more as a, you know, not super recently. And so I'm asking myself, like, Holy Spirit, like how, how should we go about those conversations and something we can agree or disagree on? And this is one of the reasons why I just appreciate your friendship so much, Brie, is because it's like, <laughs> we might disagree on something, but we're still going to be friends. Like we're still going to be yes. close. And, well, and Carly, that really ties into the conversation with all different types of communities and different yeah. religions is that we can still be friendly, right? And disagree. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Personally, I have a conviction of, you know, if I'm in friendship or relationship with someone who's in the community too, and I think that you, you do this as well to basically be like, wow, is, you know, Jesus, again, what's your heart for this person? Because this lifestyle is not Jesus's heart for them. And so I'm like, Lord, how, how do you want me to communicate that while loving them through it? And, you know, showing them the Lord's heart because tolerance isn't love right yeah so I'm <laughs> I'm actually just processing this minute this is yeah. it's just getting it's getting the wheels turning because it's like man if I see a friend who's walking down a road that that is not from the Lord and there is so much deception and hurt right and just even like objectively what you're saying about the hurt that comes with it it's like, what is my role? What's my responsibility? As a friend, as someone that cares. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A question for another day. I don't, I don't know, but this is so good because it's it's making me think about this. I think just being open, right? And letting people just speak. I think we all want to be heard, whether yeah. it makes sense, whether it doesn't. I mean, when my friend told me, you have to understand the coming out process just as a human being 
it's scary. You don't know how people are going to react, right? So if you can be that person that just kind of sits there and yeah. just lets them process and, and talk, that's, there's no harm in that, right? Totally. Now, where the community and I, sometimes we have our little boxing gloves on is you get to talk about your truth, quote unquote, and I get to talk about the truth and my being what the word says. So as long no. as we all get to, <laughs> right? As long as we all get to have conversation and it's respectful, <laughs> Then and that's where there's been some trouble, right? Of like, I feel like you're pushing me in this direction. No, no, I still believe what I believe. I'm just allowing as an adult, hello, you to speak and I speak and respond. Yeah. We don't have to say I agree with it. You don't you don't say that Jesus is Lord and I'm still talking to you, right? Well, mm-hmm. I don't think this is the best decision for your life. And that's okay, right? We can all be adults. It doesn't matter, yeah. right? Be respectful. <laughs> We've wow. lost respect in this community. That's so good. As long as everyone's being respectful. But yeah, I I mean, girl, we could talk for hours. I was downtown Portland. So again, I live out loud. I go out, right? And I was having a glass of wine with some friends and many people were trans and gay. And I just want to sit and listen. My background's marketing yeah. and anthropology. I just want to hear you out, right? Yeah. You want your kids to eat. If I have kids, I want them to eat too. Cool. There's connection, right? And this guy got on my he was a friend too who was like well how do you know you're not lesbian I'm like I don't know because I like guys that's why I know and he's like well I feel like you're discriminating against lesbians and I said now what kind of sense does that make what like do you know you're gay and he said yes and I was like I feel like you're pushing this on me and there was some words and in the end we agreed to disagree and then he apologized because he was right we can call things out in community yeah. But if we go down there saying that you're an abomination and we hate you, we're shutting yes. the door. You're not coming to my house for fried chicken and greens if you yell at me. No, cool. you're not. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and yeah, that makes me think about the um, the conversations that Jesus had with people. And he said, you know, he's come to heal the sick and the people he got upset with or that he had I don't want to say an issue with but you know what I mean is the Pharisees the teachers of the law who were holding pride in their heart who thought that they knew God better than anybody else and who actually had all of these requirements to get to God it was all about them and Jesus was drawn to the people who were in pain. He was drawn to people who knew that they needed a healer and who knew that they, they needed him. So yeah, I feel like we could talk for hours too. (laughs) I'll be back. (laughs) Good. Well, I'd love for you to share a little bit um, as we close just a bit about your book that you are writing right now so the name of the book is called gender experiment and it talks about just really my journey um back to the lord but also back to my true identity in christ um you know i feel for the kids today you know i am someone that is in social media carly and i work on you know strategies and how to get people to the page right her page is beautiful right it's about healing it's about diet it's about lifestyle it's about culture but there's so many pages and profiles, excuse me, on Instagram that are not, right? And so it's really a message to individuals that are going through identity issues. It's also 
a cry out to parents, Christian parents, to just stand strong and like to stay in the Lord and let the Lord lead them when it comes to raising their kids, because there's a lot of messages, but the strongest message is going to come from the parents, the families, right? So if you are walking with the Lord, he will guide you. So it's, it's a powerful testimony. I'm not a hundred percent, you know, feeling healed all the time um but I know who (laughs) you know (laughs) totally it's real right sometimes I'm like am I all right oh my goodness because there's a lot and so um it's it's there's you you might cry when you read it you might feel inspired but the message is just to stay with the Lord and be careful with those trends because who's really setting them think about it whoa that's so good yeah yeah, it's it's good. And I just appreciate you so much for this beautiful podcast. There's been many of the episodes that have touched me personally. And uh, you already know I'm a crier. So most of the time when you have an episode up, I got the tear box ready. <laughs> <laughs> Crying well, all over the place. <laughs> oh, friend, thank you so much again for being on here. This is just such valuable time and I really appreciate you know your story and just sharing experiences and conversations you've had and just raising you know awareness of as a believer how we can enter into these conversations and not shy away and that's just so powerful so yeah thank you so much again for being on here and I'm really excited about this episode Yes, thank you so much. And thank you for what you do too. Yeah, girl. Okay, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. And we're just praying that the Lord uses it to, you know, reveal what his heart for you might be in this and how we can um, approach these cultural dynamics with the Holy Spirit. So thanks guys for listening. And I will be back next week with another episode.